welcome to the Any Monday Podcast. My name is Colin Hemphill. And I'm Kayla Hemphill. On our show, we roll the virtual dice each week and must watch a randomly selected anime title. Thanks for joining us. Hello again. Last week, we hit the random button on Crunchyroll, and the series that stuck up on us is called Ninja Nonsense. Like last week, this series has a pretty short history associated with it, which is very nice for research purposes. It started as a manga series in 2000, and was followed up by this 12-episode anime series in 2004. That manga series did last quite a while, but uh, those are pretty much the only two properties associated with the show. And we watched the first four episodes of that said anime series. Kayla, would you like to give us a synopsis? An apprentice named Shinobu is training hard to pass her ninja exams when she meets Kaede, a girl her age who is studying for normal school exams. The unusual pair become friends, and Kaede Sue finds herself in the middle of the ninja training grounds with her strange new friend. For a girl like Shinobu, training to be a ninja isn't so much deadly as it is hysterical. One thing I noted about the main character Shinobu uh, right off the bat is that if you know anything about ninjas, their like formal name or an alternate name for them is Shinobi. And so I, I kind of looked up like, is the name related? Is it really just that obvious that her name basically means ninja? <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, Shinobu is a is a, a known Japanese name. It means stealth or endurance, and it's also the dictionary form of shinobi, which is an alternate name for a ninja. So, yeah, it's pretty obvious. It's funny that her name means stealthy because she is not. Yeah, pretty much our first encounter with this character is she thinks she's activating some sort of magical power that she has to go invisible and is sneaking into Kaide's room, and she's totally just right there. And talking pretty loudly, too. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why she thought that her invisibility technique would also mask her very loud talking, but that kind of wraps her up in a bow. <laughs> yeah, I guess her defining characteristic is that she's bad at ninja-ing. <laughs> I mean, she's probably good given her teaching. Yeah, this universe that they've created where this is what a ninja is, is really unusual. Do you want to talk a little bit about her training and the kinds of things that she's doing? So she is in a ninja school, I think. From what I can tell, there is actually a ninja school like down the road, and she is in some sort of weird bad homeschooling situation and that's what she's doing and it reflects very much on her talent as a ninja yeah and she is in the process like you said in the synopsis of completing her ninja exams which i guess allow her to be considered a full ninja it's unclear how her schooling works as we kind of hinted at last week when we started looking into this show, uh, the exams that she's taking aren't necessarily like things you would expect a ninja to do. Her first one, where she is sneaking into Kaide's room, is she is trying to steal a pair of underwear from her. Yeah, her 
entire test is stealing underwear from several high school girls' rooms in the village, city, wherever she is. I think the funniest thing about this character is how dedicated she is to honing her craft. Yeah, but she doesn't actually know how to do anything. Yeah, and like you said, the training program is very unclear, and it's hard to say if, like, she's actually just bad at being a ninja or if there are, like, real ninjas in this world and what she's getting is just, like, some weird knockoff. I only compare that because we have seen her sister who goes to the school and her sister seems to be doing just fine with her ninja skills. Yeah, her sister specializes somehow in like a summoning magic and she uses these cards to summon fists to do the punching for her basically Mm -hmm. and she's pretty good at it Uh, whereas shinobu and all the other ninjas at this one school basically don't do anything yeah very rarely are they actually effective in any way and kind of the person that we have to thank or person may be the wrong word for this kind of training program is Ansakumaru. <laughs> yeah, he he seems like he's this blobby Pac-Man-like teenager that's leading <laughs> this pack of ninjas into doing whatever randomly comes to his mind that day. Yeah, that sounds about right. I don't think he actually has a, an age. He just makes decisions like a teenager. Right. For all intents and purposes, he's a weird, like, shape-shifting blob creature. Yeah, he kind of reminds me of the super early forms of the Digimon. Like, not their cute little, like, I'm a dinosaur. It's like when they're just, like, little blobs of nothing with faces. That's what he looks like. Yeah. Uh, his name roughly translates to Sonic Speedball. Okay. <laughs> He's Which, not fast. No, we never see him really being fast. So He can fly. Yeah, sometimes he has wings. Sometimes he has like a human body. Mm-hmm. It's very strange. Yep. Anyway, on Sakamaru, he kind of poses as like the leader of this ninja clan. And... The student body at this ninja clan is like a hundred identical looking ninjas who have like no real name, face, personality or anything like that. Plus Shinobu. And they're led by the headmaster who is secretly Ansakumaru, but it's painfully obvious to the audience. It's just him with a beard. Yeah. Yeah. And he... He as a character is just sort of the, I thought of something ridiculous, so it's going to come out of this character's mouth, and that's where the plot usually comes from that week. Yeah, even from the title of the show, it was kind of kind of an alarm bell that there wasn't going to be really any overarching plot. It was just going to be like these episode-to-episode shenanigans. Yeah, um, it kind of reminds me of Ms. Machiko in that way. We had talked about that in our first episode, that 
it was more like, what kind of hijinks are they going to get into this time? And that's a lot of what this show is as well. Cromartie High School was the same way. A lot of the descriptions that I looked at for the show described it as like absurdist comedy. And in some ways it's that, but in other ways it's not like Nishi Joe kind of absurdist. It's just kind of all focused on, on Sakamaru and his weird ideas. Yep. And they're not really like that random or crazy. They're all kind of one note. Which is pervy. Right. Yeah. And a lot of that is centered on Kaide and her relationship with Shinobu. Um, because the two of them are friends that Ansakamaru often tries to position himself or position the ninjas in ways that would get the girls to fall for some trick that would allow him to take advantage of them or that they would end up in some compromising position or something. That is pretty much his goal in life. Yeah, which makes Kaide kind of the most baffling character of the whole show (laughs) because she's clearly normal in every way. Just a student trying to study when this girl breaks into her room to steal her underwear. And like within... By the end of the episode, they're best friends, and she follows Shinobu everywhere, and is totally, like, okay with Ansakamaru and his ridiculous, pervy nonsense. I kind of saw it differently. I feel like she feels kind of protective of Shinobu, and is, like, trying to point things out to her and being like, hey, no, Um, but... Anything that Shinobu tries, she totally looks past. Um, Like, there's times when even Shinobu, because she was raised, it seems like, by Onsakamaru, because she'll, like, have some weird thoughts or she'll think something and, like, present it to Kaide and be like, hey, maybe, like, maybe do you want to take a bath together or something? Which is actually more common there than it is here. Um, and Kaide will be like, sure. And Shinobu's like, oh my gosh, this is going to be like this, like, like romantic thing between us. And Kaide's just like, this is just a normal thing that people do together. Um, so she will definitely look past Shinobu stuff, but she frequently calls out Onsakamaru for his shenanigans. Yeah, even her first interaction with on Sakamaru and Shinobu, Shinobu presented the yellow blob thing who followed her around as like, this is my, f- basically like my familiar, he's a hawk. And Kaide is like, pulls out a book that she has and says, this is a hawk. Yeah, it's like a bird classification book. Uh, and immediately calls him out for lying to her her whole life, I guess. Mm-hmm. But as soon as Onsakamaru tells Shinobu, like, no, I'm a hawk, she's like, ah, oh, I knew it, okay. And so Kaide, I think, feels like she has to <laughs> be the voice of reason in Shinobu's life. There is one other character I want to talk about briefly, 
This is not an important character. Uh, but how I mentioned earlier that, like, the hundreds of ninjas who work at this training camp or are part of this clan or whatever uh, are nameless, faceless ninjas, and they are pretty much identical personalities. There is one ninja who has a name, and it's Sasuke, and he follows them around everywhere. And even though he still looks identical, they've just given one of them a distinct personality. Yeah, he's kind of like the second in command. Uh, I thought that was kind of fun. He is fun. I like him. <laughs> yeah, he's maybe the only like character who's not the straight man, mm-hmm. like a funny character who is not uh, gross. Yes. So. Yeah. Well, we didn't have a lot to say for the story and plot, so we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with production and general thoughts. Welcome back to the show. All right, Kayla, would you like to start off our discussion on production? So one of the things I wanted to talk about with this show is that the animation is pretty different than a lot of kind of the standard character design and animation that I think we kind of overwhelmingly see in a lot of anime. It's interesting that we got two weeks of shows that have different kind of styles of animation. Um, This one in general, uh, a lot of the characters have this kind of rounded look to them as opposed to the long, sleek, kind of angular look that a lot of animes have. So Shinobu, every part of her is kind of round and... You know, I said this last week with one of the characters, almost kind of bubble-like. But this is true for every character. Every character has these kind of rounded qualities to them. Uh, I keep mentioning Miss Machiko, but there's just a lot of things that are kind of similar. Miss Machiko is the same way. Everybody looked kind of small and more round rather than, like, long and sleek. It makes all the characters look really young. So it's actually kind of hard to tell how old Shinobu and Kaide are. We know they're in school, but we don't know really what age they are. It seems like they're not young, young kids, but maybe middle school, maybe high school. That's kind of unclear. And I think a lot of that has to do with the way that the characters are designed. Yeah, I mentioned Nishijo earlier, but I think... In terms of animation, this one kind of reminded me a lot of Azumanga Daio, which kind of fits the like absurdist comedy sort of routes, but has kind of the same cutesy, round, bubbly sort of feel to it. The animation quality itself is like oddly high, and that's probably because it's made by UFO Table, yeah, <laughs> who did Fate Stay Night, Unlimited Budget Works, mm-hmm. uh, so. It kind of shows, I guess, their range that they're able to work in. Yeah, stylistically, this looks really good. The writing 
is something else. Kaide herself looks pretty standard, normal, kind of boring almost, but I think that makes her stand out because everybody else looks kind of ridiculous. Like Shinobu's in this bright pink ninja outfit and she's got these big bobble things in her hair. And we meet Shinobu's sister later in the show. And even uh, Shinobu's sister also wears these like big round like jade looking necklace bead things. And everybody's kind of big, bright, and colorful, and Kaide being the sort of average-looking girl stands out because she's not so ridiculous-looking. Yeah, I do love that Shinobu's character design kind of matches her, like, style as a ninja, being, you know, really loud, not so (laughs) stealthy. She's wearing the bright pinks and purples and reds, and is very not ninja-like. Which I think Haide pointed out, and Shinobu basically said, I look cute in this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we kind of talked a little bit about Onsakumaru's design before. Um, like Colin was saying, he's kind of this ever-changing blob. Most of the time, he's kind of just this like round, yellow, Pac-Man-esque looking thing. And then sometimes he has wings, sometimes he has arms and legs, sometimes he ha- he can, like, shapeshift into, like, a whole body. It's, it's interesting, like, how important this character is and how he doesn't have anything defining him other than just being his personality. Yeah, or that when he's angry, he turns red. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you compare it into Pac-Man... But there's actually a very similar reference that I think looks even more similar to this character. And that is, if you've ever heard of the Pac-Man knockoff called Dot Gobbler, uh, it's pretty hysterical if you go look at it because the art and design is, is kind of horrible. Yeah. And the character from Dot Gobbler kind of looks like Ansakumaru. <laughs> Uh, one thing I, I think I would point out about this show that I was actually pretty surprised about is a lot of times when we talk about shows that have a lot of like sexual humor in them, they end up like stripping a lot of clothes and having these kind of weird sexual moments. This doesn't really have that. Like none of the girls end up naked or anything like that really it's it's more like in the imagination of the guys like thinking something like that could happen if you were to look at the characters like they're not they're not sexy characters they're they're very cutesy looking the show is probably looks a lot safer than it is um which we kind of said for Miss Machiko too but that one had more nakedness than the show did yeah for sure <laughs> Otherwise, in terms of, like, the animation that's being done, there's not, like, a whole lot of impressive work. Like, there's not fast-moving things or fighting things or really much of anything going on. So all of the animation is really focused on these characters and the hijinks they're getting into. 
One thing the show does do with animation is that they're, they have a very focused style. They don't really switch things. They don't do any kind of stylistic changes, which sometimes those can be really cool uh, if they're done well. But one thing that they did do is they use some claymation on occasion. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. There is the outro sequence, which is all like stop motion characters of like the ninjas and Onsakumaru <laughs> running around their dojo. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like him transforming from the yellow smiley face blob into like the human form. And <laughs> all of that was pretty cool. I, I thought they, they did a good job with that. And they also brought that style into the title cards, which use like an Unsakumaru clay thing, and it stretches out into a scroll that mm-hmm. uh, that shows the title of the episode. Yeah, it was neat that they had that carrying through the show because it was a little strange at first to see it, the title card in the middle of the episode. And I was sort of like, oh, huh, weird choice there. And then to see it carried through to the end credits was neat. Yeah, and even the choice that, like, the ending sequence pretty much just features on Sakumaru and all the faceless ninjas, and then occasionally, like, a little cardboard cutout of the other characters will, like, pop up on screen, and then it goes away. Mm-hmm. So what were some of your general thoughts, likes, dislikes about this show? Kind of wrapping things up, I don't really have a whole lot of overall thoughts on the show. I think there were parts that were very funny, and then I think there were a lot more parts that kind of just fell flat for me. And this is something that you and I had kind of talked about off mic, which is that this shares some qualities with like Western animations and what you might see in quote-unquote adult cartoons, things like Family Guy. It's really just kind of low-hanging fruit in terms of (laughs) comedy a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And I think that can create a weird tone because it's not 100% invested in the American cartoon thing, which has been done in Japanese anime uh, with, like, panty and stocking with garter belt uh, being an example. But this is about ninjas, so it's very Japanese but at the same time is using that kind of verve described it as South Park humor. I don't think it's quite that, for sure. Uh, but definitely more just crude humor, which you don't see as often in anime. Yeah, I, I share the same sort of thought when it comes to this show, because it, it doesn't have quite the like social commentary part of humor that I think you know, sometimes we can point to when it comes to things like South Park or Family Guy, but it just has, like you're saying, some of that crude humor. Um, there was just a lot of jokes that were about, like, let's see if we can kick him, like, in his man parts or something like that. And you don't, like, actually see it because he is a blob. But I, I don't particularly find a lot of that humor funny, mostly because I have a hard time watching people, like, experience pain. Um, but it's, it's just sort of like the easy go-to humor and even some of the like pervert jokes that were in there, um, which is just this like ongoing desire for 
the male ninjas and on Sakamaru to just try and see women naked or try and trick them to give them their underwear or whatever it is. Not not so much for me. There's there was a few times when they definitely like went with jokes that I did find funny and that was nice, but overwhelmingly the humor that was chosen was not was not my personal preference when it comes to humor. Yeah, when they leaned into other stuff, like for example, there was a crocodile <laughs> that ate on Sakamaru at one point. Yes. And it just kind of disappeared and like the episode ends. The next episode, the crocodile just shows up again and the ninja clan has trained it to speak. <laughs> and it's now just like a social person. Yeah. And it's like really polite. Yeah. But still eats on Sakamaru again. Yeah. And all of that stuff was really funny. Right. Yeah, it was. And it was in that, like, absurdist humor that you and I do like. Like, Nichijou is a really good example of absurdist humor of taking everyday situations and blowing them to a proportion that is ridiculous and hysterical. And this show sometimes would tap into that and you and I would, like, have a good laugh about it. And then... And then the next joke would just go back to their kind of go-to. It it sort of seemed like those were the easy jokes to kind of shoot out rapid fire. And then every so often you get like a really good gem and you're like, oh, that doesn't make up for the last 10 jokes that you just did. Right, which is a huge contrast with Nishi Joe, which fires on all cylinders constantly. Mm-hmm. And even in the quiet moments is like this subtle, this subtle humor that works really well or it's just like nice and sweet and wholesome. <laughs> so would you watch more of this? I'm going to say no. <laughs> um, mostly just that, like you said, I don't quite connect with this kind of humor uh, at the frequency that it, it is happening. If it were an occasional one, I could maybe overlook it, but... The fact that the majority of the show is either just nothing particularly funny is happening or they're trying to push this kind of humor that I'm not enjoying quite as much. Um, I don't think I'd get a whole lot out of this show long term. I think even just based on today's discussion, we don't have much to say about this show. And if I'm looking at what I'm going to invest my limited time into, um, I don't think it's going to be something like this. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree that I'm not going to seek out any more of this show. Um, like I said, maybe if this was the kind of humor I could get into, then I would because the animation's good and... If you're into that kind of humor, I'm sure this would be an enjoyable show for you. However, this just isn't my jam. And um, and the few jokes that I did enjoy did not make up for the majority of the ones that I did not. So I'm good. Well, then, I think that's going to wrap us up. And hopefully we can find something <laughs> better next time. Uh, something that we had mentioned on social media earlier this week uh, that happened in Japan is that there was a fire at the Kyoto Animation Studios, mm -hmm. 
And it was a pretty major event. Uh, Actually, a lot of news coverage around this one studio. Part of that is just how extreme the event was and turned out to be. Uh, But also just like this is a really dear studio to a lot of people because like it has some of our favorite shows that they've produced over the years. Yeah, this is a studio that we care about a lot and um, we especially love because uh, we've talked about this a little bit. Some studios in Japan have a reputation for not treating their employees very well. And the Kyoto studio does actually treat their employees well and, you know, tries to take care of them. And and they, you know, produce shows like K-On, which is really dear to us. And I mean, we mentioned Nishijo yeah. a dozen times on this episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's on so. our mind a lot. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there there were some casualties in in the fire. Um, and so we know that this is a really hard time for people. And so our thoughts and prayers really go out to those families and just all of the people affected by by the fire and by the aftermath of all of this coming out. Yeah, and there's been a lot of support going out too um, from all of the American like anime studios and and licensors. Uh, Sentai Filmworks set up a GoFundMe that has raised, last I checked, uh, almost $2 million and is still going up. So uh, I'll link to that in the show notes if you want to check that out as well. Well, kind of shifting gears. If you want to learn more about our show, you can visit our website at anamonday.moe. That's anamonday.moe. You can send us questions and comments to podcast at anamonday.moe. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Our username is anamondaycast. And you can find links for that on our website. Thank you so much to Crunchyroll for all of the anime that you provide and for the random button, which produces these wonderful and wonderfully terrible results. If you want to follow along with us each week, we'll have a link to the current title on our website and social media, and you can watch what we're watching. Finally, thanks to C2A for providing the intro and outro music for our show. These come from the Senpai EPs, which are available on Bandcamp and other places that you find music to stream. All right, are you ready to roll? I'm ready. All right, random button in three, two, one... All right, our anime for the week is Wakaba Girl. And the first episode is called My Dream is to Be a High School Girl. The next part of that sentence should be said no one ever. Uh-huh. <laughs> what is a Wakaba? <laughs> well, I'm not even sure if I'm saying it right, so. Wakaba. That yeah. looks cute. Don't know anything about this one. Yeah. It looks cute. Lots of pastel colors. Uh, The episodes appear to be on the shorter side, like seven minutes long, so we'll probably do a few extras. Yeah. All right. I think that's going to do it for today, and uh, thank you all for joining us. We'll see you next week. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. That's our first re-roll. Oh, what was it? (laughs) Asterix War. Ah, I was...
wondering when that was going to happen. Not having good luck. Do I meet a roll? <gasps> All right. <laughs> uh, I did get a roll. Oh, well, fine. Yeah. Whatever. You can roll next time. Whatever. We won't remember. <laughs>